What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's season 11 premiere episode, we'll first dive into a couple of news nuggets, such as the untimely passing of Gift of Gab, Big Boy opening up the dungeon as an Airbnb, K Slay's historic rolling 110 beat track, and what that statement means for hip hop. And we'll also share reactions to Bill Cosby being released from prison. Then we'll discuss Yasin Bey's recent interview where he goes in on the ills of streaming platforms and discuss does he have a point and what is the alternative for an artist who does not want to release their material through the current streaming platforms. Then we'll discuss Medium.com's list of the 20 greatest hip-hop intro tracks break down whether or not we agree or disagree with their list. Then for our album Face Off, we'll be comparing The Carnival by Wyclef Jean with Uptown Saturday Night by Camp Lowe and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why, and then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the past week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy this show. What up, bro? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. How's the family, man? Noisy. Same mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it be. <laughs> That's how it be. How'd it go the other day, man? It was decent, man. It was a, it was an interesting little spot. Like it, it was a lot of um, just like you know, like like rock climbing, walk like walls and that kind of stuff. It was like a like a little obstacle course you could go over. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, man. Like, uh, uh, like American Gladiator style. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. Kind of like kinda... the whole Sky Zone setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was more. This was more, more, more rock climbing, man. Like they had maybe thirty different, thirty or forty different setups. And oh, different wow. kind of walls. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> walls to climb. You know what I mean? But it was. It was cool. It got kind of redundant though, because it wasn't it wasn't a lot of variation with it. Gotcha, but, gotcha. But it, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was it was cool for a first time, man. Nice, nice. Yeah, it sounded sound like a place to really let them burn off energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, it's 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 good to get to those places, man. Because they they literally be bouncing off the walls, man. Like if Bro. they don't got no outlet to burn the energy, you know, it's it's just. It's, it's crazy what kids have to do, you know. <laughs> all right, but it's like I don't remember running around asking my parents to play all the time, man. Like now, like if you don't play, then they just they be wanting to sit on the, the games in front of screens. I'm like, I can't. Like I got stuff to do, man. Like yeah, yeah. My my son's idea of fun, of good like daddy and son fun is hey daddy you want to watch me play blah 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 you want to watch me play need for speed you want to watch me play tokyo trip i'm like i don't want to watch you play that no like <laughs> like i'm not trying to be rude here son but like I, I i bought you those games so you know you you don't have to be bothered with me and i don't have to be bothered with you <laughs> but you know it, it don't be enough man 
But we're still waiting on a couple of people to tap in, man. I'm going to go ahead and get started with um, these news nuggets real quick, man. First of all, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, this MC. Uh, first of all, I just want to say rest in peace to Gift of Gab. Uh, he was one half of the group Black Alicious. He also had a couple of solo projects that he released. Um, he was a Bay Area rapper uh, via Sacramento and Oakland, where his group was. He, he was from Sacramento, and his DJ Chief Excel was from Oakland, and they formed Black Alicious. Uh, they've got at least two classic albums, but unfortunately, he passed away last week at the age of 50. Uh, not sure really from what. I heard some stuff about he, he had just had a kidney transplant or needed a kidney transplant or something, but just wanted to say rest in peace to Gift the Gab, man. He, um, if you are unfamiliar with his catalog, please, please check it out. It's, it's not an extensive catalog either. Like I said, he's, he's got two Black Delicious albums that are definitely worth hearing and, and a couple of solo joints, but yeah, hip hop lost a good one. You, were you familiar with him at all, Dave? I remember the name. I would probably have to look him up though. Okay. I, de I definitely, I definitely remember hearing I can't think of no tracks off him, though. Yeah, he did that song, uh, Make You Feel That Way, A to G, what else, Deception, uh, a couple, couple other joints. But uh, but yeah, most of his stuff was under the Black Alicious banner and, and title. So, all right, all right. What's going on, Vince? What's up, man? Not much, not much. What's, up? What's good, Jamil? What's happening? Nothing much, nothing much. I was just closing up my, my a few words in honor of uh, Gift of Gab. Oh, yeah. Another one, man. Yeah, man, a good one, a good one. So, but hey, man, he, his music will live on. His music will live on. So, uh, moving right along, man, in our news nuggets. I don't know if y'all saw this. I would just, just wanted to touch on this really quickly. Did you all see uh, Big Boy from Outkast? He bought the spot the house that the i guess the whole organized noise production crew dungeon family slash LaFace crew used to record their albums in atlanta back in the day he, he bought the property and turned it into an airbnb and what's cool about it is that uh let me pull up the article what's cool about it he said uh he said overnight stay includes guided access to the basement recording studio where southern hip-hop was born Aspiring musicians will have access to state-of-the-art in-home studios so they can follow in the footsteps of Outkast and other music pioneers from Atlanta. Um, from the pictures of it, looks like they definitely redid the upstairs. I doubt it looked this nice in, in 1994, but they kept, apparently they kept the basement the same with all the scribblings on the wall and everything. Is this a, is this a cool, cool idea to y'all? That's, that's, that's so dope. Shout out to Big Boy for that one. Sound dope to me too. It sounds you get a piece of history. Yeah, a piece of history. And you're just like helping people out. Like anytime you can help people out, I think. You sound oh, like the airport? Like you in the bathroom, Vince? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, it like dropped I, I off. Around. It was like an echo when it dropped off. But, uh, but what, oh. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Jamil? No, nah, I was just saying that, that that's like a, you know, a piece of history of being able to you know stay at the dungeon and then to be able to record there too like it's good for for fans for artists and it's good for the dungeon family because somebody is gonna make something dope there and 
you know, the Dungeon family will have been a part of that, which then will allow them to, you know, continue to further their legacy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it was cool, man. Like, even if you're not like into recording, if you're just a hip hop nerd or just hip hop historian and you want to go there and see the place, I think I think that's cool to have access to it. It kind of reminds me of the whole setup with uh, with Graceland. Uh, where Elvis is home, you know, people, thousands of people, tourists go there every year. You know, where 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 Elvis operated, or the House of Cash, you know what I mean, with with, with Johnny Cash and where he where he lived and recorded. So to have something like that for hip hop, I think is dope. Now, do I need to stay there? No, no, I wouldn't take it that far, because um, I ain't staying nowhere unless I know what the neighborhood is like, especially overnight. But I, I do think it's a cool idea for those who would want to sign up for something like that. I do kind of wonder, like, how they're going to keep the place, the, the upkeep of the place, because you know you're going to have some goofies coming in there trying to write stuff on the walls themselves. You know what I mean? For cloud or whatever, whatever you want to call it. So I do kind of wonder about that. How are they going to keep just, the place? You, you keep that credit card hand on file. That credit card number on file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Yep, you know, like you gotta, yeah, you got to treat it the way it is, man. Especially, especially like the 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 significance of that place. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And, and, and Big Boy's always like, I think, I think with him doing that, I think he should have like a good mind as far as doing that and preserving the history of the place and the legacy and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see him going in half cocked. You know, on, on this. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to him. Um, and also in other news, man, I did not know if y'all saw this, but uh, DJ K Slay has made history again with a 40-minute track. He, he's saying it's not really a, he wouldn't even call it a song. He, he's calling it a hip-hop statement. He did, a, he did an interview on Michael Rappaport's podcast uh, this, this past week, kind of going into the details of, of this particular song. It's called a Rolling 110 Deep, and it features 110 MCs. As we all know, seven months ago, he did 50 deep, rolling 50 deep with the 50 MCs. Now, this new track, this 110 deep, did y'all peep it? Did you get a chance to peep it? Oh, yeah. No, I just, I, I started listening to it, but I, I didn't finish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, well, yeah I got, it's a, I it's a lengthy it. listen. Got, it is a lengthy through. listen. That's an understatement, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got through it. It was, it's definitely a moment. It's not a song. <laughs> You can't call that a song. It's too long. Yeah, the song is yeah. longer than Push the T last album. <laughs> yeah, almost twice as much. I, well, I mean, were y'all impressed at all by by this track? Do y'all think this is good for hip hop? Because he had he had it, the new cats, the old cats, the really old cats. You know what I mean? And some folks right. I did not expect. I didn't even know raps. But, I, but what, what was y'all's response to the to the actual quality of the rhyming? Um, no, I think I think it was I liked it because I mean it's just like one of them uh it's one of those pieces that you can appreciate the journey that hip hop has gone through you know because the, the first one he did that was cool too but this I mean I think this one was equally as cool because it was, it was longer but I mean like I said you, it is a journey man it's like it almost felt like a a documentary through what but they actually rapping i mean not so much as a documentary but you know what i'm saying it's like a i got to see the feel of the different years within eight bars from all these different artists 
don't know, it, it felt more novelty to me. But uh, I, I, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a full listen. But from what I from what I heard, it felt. You know what I mean. It felt more novelty than anything. But I think I think it's still dope. Especially, I, I, I wish I wish you could get more um, more connectivity in hip hop. Like I was looking, listening to uh, Talib's podcast too. He was talking to Jada Kiss, and Jada Kiss was talking about how like the locks. You know what I mean? They went up to to Kwali and was telling they mess with him. And he was just saying that's what hip hop is missing now, like the respect amongst the different types of hip hop. You know what I mean? Gangster rap, backpack rap, whatever. He's like it's gone now. But I think a track like that, I wish you know what I mean. If he did that and had them artists kind of around each other, I think it's dope. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is is generational too, because I really do think. At least among the MCs themselves, like it maybe may, maybe didn't get out via the media as much. But I think they kind of knew that they rock with each other, like the whole time. Like you would hear, you know, somebody like a Q-Tip really complimentary of what Dre was doing, even though they have wildly different styles of music that they did. But there was a mutual respect. Um, and Quali's name is somebody that comes up a lot in those kind of circles, and, and you hear it the same way. So I think they kind of knew it, but we weren't always let in to understand it. So we make these divisions in hip hop that really didn't exist. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I, I concur. Real quick. Oh, so you mentioned Talib's uh, podcast. Uh, side note, Dave, have you checked out Miracle, the Midnight Miracle yet? Uh, I have. I listened to the first episode. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of of that podcast. They, oh, they yeah. Got, they dropped a few more, but yeah, it's, it's it's excellent. They knew exactly what they was doing when they put that out, dude. That's it's it's brilliant. It is. It really, it really is. Uh, but but mo- moving right along to this track, though, I, man, dude, I, I was so impressed by the quality of rhyme in a lot of these cats because some of these these dudes I haven't heard in years. As with the Rolling Fifty Deep tr- track, and you just forget how good certain people are, and for cats you haven't heard in, in a long while or really paid attention to it just kind of it, it was a great reminder that their pin game is sharp you know what i mean it's like who would the thought that krs1 melly mel and grandmaster Cass could hold their own on a track with people like you know black thought and rod digger you know or even like uh or uh, uh, uh what's his name they they, they brought out uh Cochlear rock yeah, most people that was don't crazy. even know. <laughs> For real, yeah. Most people don't even know who Coke is. He's he's literally the first rapper. This dude retired from rapping in '77. Okay, right. he had already <laughs> been doing it for four years, and it was just like to have him on a track, you know, alive and breathing and and, and sounding like he's you know full of life with with his raps. That was just that was dope to me. Now you know. The, never mind the quality of the track because it's not 40 minutes of straight heat no um, you know because there's there's about 10 to 25 people he still could have shaved off and some other artists i would have liked to have seen on the track but for what we got i, I think it was a great statement i i i thought that lord jamark definitely could have done better you know what i mean he he talks such yes. a good game yes but those bars were, were trash um <laughs> I'm, I think uh, can I can I share with the audience the the text that I sent you? Please do. I was gonna I was gonna ask you if you had saved it, Jamil. Oh yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. So I'm just gonna read it 
pretty much exactly as I sent it. <laughs> <laughs> so some of it may be out of context. Uh, Omar Epps, which was, I, I guess I'll explain that part. I was impressed. Like I, I didn't even know he rapped and he did, did really well. Uh, Lord Jamar should be ashamed of himself. He was out rapped <laughs> by athletes. <laughs> Is your man trying to be Magic Mel? Put your shirt on, nigga. <laughs> Ghostface. Ghostface, Black Thought, Crooked Eye, and Twista do not miss when it comes to posse cuts. That's true. Nope. Ron, That's true. Ron Artest's verse was fire, but he needs a speech therapist. <laughs> I ain't know Sonya Blade was that thick. Uh, Uncle Murder is a troll and a trash MC. <laughs> K Slay is overreacting in every shot in this video. Like he, his hand gestures is way just doing way too much. Um, I'm getting less and less impressed with Papoose's gimmicky verses. Man, they starting to be just. It's the it's same. Like, it's the same shtick. Over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, like, you see the bars coming before he, he even drops them. It's like right. yeah. It's like, okay, do not know what's coming next. Like come right. come come with something else, man. Right. Now he's be, he's become like a um he's become like he's he's created his style of rap has become like the a carnival attraction. Yes. You know how like yes. come see the come see the bearded lady. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. It's like it's a party trick now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come see the guy that can do a triple backflip. And it's like, hey, that's amazing. But you got anything you else? Do, uh, <laughs> let me see a cartwheel next time. It's like you just doing the same trick, but with different clothes on, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, it was amazing the first time we heard alphabetical slaughter, but yeah. Then you did numerical slaughter, and you do it with yeah, with, with with the money and with uh, and then with, 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 know, the with the jerseys, the jerseys, right? The jerseys, the jerseys, <laughs> jerseys kind of slick. I it mean, slick, all but it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and it's like it's it's dope, but it's like okay, like it's not yeah. gonna make you. It's like when you see it, you see it, but it's not gonna make me want to buy one of his albums. Right. Yeah, I was right. never impressed by the alphabet slaughter he did because I had already seen it done before by uh, none other than Gift the Gab. Um, yeah. So that yeah. one actually did not impress me, but the Jersey thing did impress me. I, I was impressed by that. Um, yeah, but what if, what if you had a whole album where a different song he was just doing that gimmick, but in a different way. Well, it depends on the concepts, though. It depends on the concepts. If if he could do, I mean, I don't know if I want to hear a whole album of that, but I mean, if if he could do it in a way that's impressive and fresh and innovative, fine. You know, I, I'm for it. You know, whatever. But you know, these little one-offs. Time, every time he shows up, it's something like this. Like that's his go-to, you know what I mean? That's the go-to that he, yeah. he he's reaching for that same gimmick, and he's better than that. That's the thing. Papoose is dope. Yeah, yeah, he he is dope. He is dope. He had a nice little album come out maybe a year or two or so ago called um called what was it? The Underrated or whatever. Yeah, um, that was actually pretty decent. Now I share my notes, man. I'm a little surprised because I, I was like, I, I bet I'm this dude's gonna show up on this track, 
I was really surprised. No DMX. I just I'm knew. I just knew DMX was going to pop up on the track because he had Fred the Godson on the last one and he had Fred the Godson on this one. Man, and he disappointed to me. Fred the Godson, his verses. I mean, you know what, though? He's he's real heavy on entendres by saying yeah, his, his pin, word. His pin game is sharp. His pin game is sharp. Now, does he belong on a track rapping after people like M.O.P.? No. But... No. Well, you need more than eight bars. Some people needed way more than eight bars to start revving up. And what Fred got, the guy son wrote for that, like, nah, you needed, you should have wrote something else. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I wrote down, could have started better. I, I, I got love for the locks, but I don't think the two of them were the best choice to start the track. I think this track should have actually started with Inspector Deck. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was nice when he did. Yeah, I think it could have. Uh, AZ is uh, ageless, you know, with his flow. Uh, yes. He continues to impress me. Sonya Blade. I forgot how good Sonya Blade could actually rap. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, um, Drag on. <laughs> After I saw Drag on, After I saw Drag on, I'm like, okay, I know we're going to get a verse from X. And, and it just never came. Melly Mel's verse was dope. MC Shan. I, I've always loved MC Shan. I love his voice. It's just, it's so New York to me. Yeah, I always got love for MC Shan. It was great to see Black Thought. It was great to see Rod Digger representing. KRS One had an uncharacteristically complex and dope verse on uh, Tragedy Gaddafi, man. A lot of niggas, yeah, a lot of niggas sleep on tra Tragedy Gaddafi. And Rockness uh, from Helter Skelter. He did his thing again. And the, the one shocker, for, another shocker for me, uh, Gunplay. Gunplay got, he got a little- Gunplay was decent, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty decent. I'm like, I'm like, I would have been hiding this dude. You know what though? He actually has always been decent. He just yeah, in the wrong camp. He just yep. in the wrong camp. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they don't know how to market him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and after hearing right. him rap, I mean, he would he would probably outwrap everyone in that in that uh, Maybach music crew, but yeah, that's real. Mm, yeah, that's 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 a bold statement right there. But um, no, but Gunplay is good though. He got a song. He did a song Rick Ross on his I think his latest album on his second to latest album. That's pretty dope. So like the dude can he can he he got what it takes. It's just that sometimes, like y'all said, the marketing could be wrong. Exactly. Now, man, props to him, man. Like, the, dude, the, can you imagine the amount of cultural currency you got to have to get these people on a track and to get them to film videos and then send the footage back to you? Like, props to K Slay, man. I know a lot of people kind of crap on him because he's not terribly complimentary of Jay Z. You call that hating where I'm from. <laughs> Hey man, I, I ain't getting into all that all that old <laughs> New York City history with the two of them, man. <laughs> but um, the the amount of cultural currency you gotta have to get all these MCs from these different eras and different cities, you know, on one track, man. Props to him, man. Like I don't think anyone else could have done that. I agree. Nah, with that. I, I like it, man. I think I think he should do try to do some type of like worldwide hip-hop compilation album 
Well, um, it really begs the question: Why is DJ Khaled famous? Mm. Right. Mm, that's a good question. That is yeah, a good question. But it, it got, yeah, but it got a different feel to it. I, I hear, I know exactly what you're saying. But we do got a different feel to what what with what, what K. Slay is doing right now. DJ Khaled is the dude who erases your name and puts his name on the homework right before the teacher asks you to turn it in. <laughs> I mean, they he say Khaled is like dope as a producer and as he a DJ, crazy but beats, though. Yeah. Mm. he make crazy beats. It's no ass him to shoot no basketball. Yeah, I ain't <clears throat> but um, be a props to K. Slay. Uh, but moving right along, man, I had to get into this. And I'm glad I got y- y'all three on the show for this. Um, Bill Cosby, man, uh, he was released from prison. And I know I might ruffle some people, some feathers and hurt some feelings, what I got to say on this. But, you know, with him be- getting released from prison on technicality, first, let me explain the technicality. There's a lot of people out here saying unsubstantiated stuff. Like, oh, 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 oh. They, 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 they proved a girl a liar. That's why they released them. And they, they were trumped up no. charges. It's like, no, not this what happened. Is, this is not what happened. So the case that Hannibal Burris was referring to years ago in his stand-up act, when that case was being settled, he offered up a deposition where he admitted to drugging and raping a woman in question in 2005. Now, part of the deal with the DA is was that as long as he offered this deposition, pled guilty, paid the woman off with a substantial amount of money in civil court, then it would not be used against him. He would not be charged for it later and in prison. That was the deal he took. Okay. Now, a new DA comes in because our, our district attorneys, are they voted in or do they just switch out? They're voted in. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're voted in, but whatever happened, a new DA came in a, a few years uh, after this deal went down and this was in the you know in the midst of the whole me too movement gaining steam and everything and he looked at the case as more and more women were coming forward uh accusing bill of doing the exact same thing in every scenario and decided to charge him again which was in violation of the original deal from the other da so because of that it was i guess you could call it a I don't want to call it a bogus conviction, but it was a conviction that was legally terminated uh, as an option years ago when he confessed. So he was released. And what was y'all's reaction to, to the news? Um, he ain't doing anything else. I mean, he's, he's an old man. So it's like him being in jail, him not being in jail doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if that makes any sense like I don't want to sound insensitive either but it's like okay <laughs> you know what I'm saying okay okay D- Dave what were your thoughts uh, I don't know man I think I kind of side with, with Vince it's like <clears throat> they, they, they came for this old man and granted he did some foul stuff um <sighs> You talking to release? I, I, I'm indifferent, man. Like he's, they say he's legally blind. Like he needed help in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's paid for his crimes. I guess as an old, I, I don't know, man. Because that that gets kind of dicey too. You know what I mean? Because you're talking about 
how do the victims feel? Right. But, yeah, and it's like, it's like, what I feel obviously shouldn't be what the victims feel. I'm just, you know, I'm hearing about it, and then I'm hearing about this is stuff happening so long ago. Well, 2005 and that long ago, but you know what I mean? Like, all of these people are coming up now, and it's like, you ask a simple question of, well, why did it take so long? And yeah, yeah but even know, even with that, man, that's that's more so. I, I don't know, man. Like the whole thing is is great to me because you you start getting in the in the in the why didn't victims come forward and mental trauma and all the other stuff like that. To me, that's not our place. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like exactly. I feel like it's all it's all on the law, man. Like if he got if he served his time or whatever, he made that deal with the DA. Then it is what it is. I know people gonna kick dirt on his name for the rest of his life, but he's out. You know what I mean? Like he he did his time, whatever. Yeah, I, it ain't. It's not for me to say anything on any end. Him getting out, him staying in. But what my main concern was, if anything about it, period, was you got to keep the same energy with everyone else, as far as especially that's known to be involved with the same activity. And it's like, you can't just go after one person. You got to go after everybody. And that's not what was done. Well, here, here's, well, I'm sorry, Jamil. Was there anything you wanted to say on it? Um, I mean, I think it, it, like it's disgusting that he's out, but legally it was the right thing to do. The man made the deal. And if, in fact, that was a deal that was made, then legally they had a responsibility to let him go. Now, I've heard some reporting that suggests that that deal was not actually made, <clears throat> excuse me, and that that was something that had come up later, like cooked up by his legal team, because they don't have any, they don't have any documentation from like a judge signing off on it to, to verify that this was the actual deal. So that does cast a shadow over the whole thing. Um, but ultimately, you know, whether it was the legal correct decision to make or not, the only reason why we got to that conclusion is because dude got bread. Like a lot of it. You know what I mean? And he was able to <laughs> he's able to afford the best legal teams and going through, you know, however many lawyers he's able to go through and not just money but whatever you know power and influence he still had allowed for him to be able to do that like average joe is not able to pull this same trick off even with similar circumstances like dude was a serial rapist like i've heard it referred to and and it sounded like hyperbole until i thought about it that he's basically the the you know biggest serial rapist in history and if you think about the sheer numbers of women who have come forward and you think about mathematically how many women it's actually happened to because there's no way that every case that has taken place you know has come forward so there has to be you know however many more so it's it's a terrible situation but it ain't it ain't really much to be said about it like the deal was made and you know he had the clout and the money to be able to get it get it taken care of yeah yeah now now much like vince much like dave 
personally, I, I, I too am somewhat indifferent to his getting out. You know what I'm saying? Nigga ain't rape me. But, um, <laughs> I <you> feel like <laughs> about to get the whole show canceled. <laughs> but, but, but hear me out. Hear me out. What I, what I do, what I do, what does get a rise out of me is when I see people celebrating his release and acting like this is some sort of, uh, referendum on unfair convictions of black men it's like stop acting like every nigga that gets locked up is like some freedom fighter or some you know yeah. uh fred hampton huey p newton type character who was unjustly you know prosecuted and convicted by the government like yeah, that's right like right. stop doing that like how long are we supposed to give this nigga a pass because he played a doctor on tv Exactly, and this, and because he did so many good things, a lot of times people. Well, do well hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm about to get off a rant here. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you finish, Vince. I'm gonna let you finish. Okay, it, okay. It, All right, Kanye. Like, this this lionization of 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 celebrities and 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 you know uh, who who we you make into these idols, it just it, it really bugs me out because people people clearly the people celebrating his release clearly aren't reading beyond the headlines of these stories of these victims and uh, you know these these uh these these cases that mounted up against him it's like look did he do a lot of good things in the entertainment industry and overall change the Im image of black folks sure but that doesn't mean he can't be a scumbag in in his private life nobody is all good all the time and no one is rarely all bad all the time like you can be capable of doing some great and in, in, inspiring things but also still be a scumbag in a certain area of life uptown saturday yes. night let's do it again those are some of my favorite movies i'm always going to watch those movies but if if the nigga would rape at least 53 women yeah he should go to jail they're still hunting nazis to this day you know who had a hand in throwing the jews in the oven they hunting them down in south america at 90 years old plus and convicting these dudes and they should right, right. Yep. but none of them made a deal with the government to for uh, any immunity hey so look, that's, that's the difference if he was smart enough to do that then props to him what i'm what i'm more railing against is is people acting like some sort of great misjustice was was, thwart, was thwarted here you know it's right. like oh it's like oh well they, they they're trying to i think felicia rashad said they were trying yeah. to yeah they're not trying to yeah. destroy a legacy. They, they, the nigga was operating with impunity for years and it caught up with him and it got nothing to do with legacy. You really think the government got together and was like, yeah, uh, uh, we need to take down Bill Cosby because he's too aspirational for black people to be looking up to. It's like, they didn't do that. There's a whole list of people they, they would take down before they would come after him. And you know, so Big, Big Africa said that he was gonna buy NBC and that's why he's trying to buy NBC. He's trying to buy NBC. Never, never mind the fact that the purchases of companies didn't even work like that. Like, like you just walk in with a blank check. Like, yes, yeah, so I would like to, I would like to buy this network. Like, it, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, you like, a hater. That's, it, it, a it hater. was like put, put a put a rape beef on that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, man, nah, it was one of them. Nah, it was one of them things where see, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> when you're a celebrity at that high level and you're doing things like that which i'm i'm i wouldn't be surprised if most celebrities at that level are involved in some stuff they don't need to be stuff that would just put them in jail but with that being said 
in order for that stuff not to be known, there's a number of people that know about it that's keeping it from being known. And sure. when you overstep certain boundaries, then they're gonna be like, all right, time to start letting it be out. We finna reach out, we finna, you know, you like, you you, you overstepping where you supposed to be. We can, and now it's time to unleash all of this. Um, that's, that's my opinion, I don't know 100%, but like, there's no way Bill Cosby and those other women are the only ones known, known that he was doing this. Like he no. was probably well, yeah. yeah, true. I, and and I don't I don't I don't want to mitigate, you know, anything because because the first thing people say is, well, what was they doing in the, in, the, in his hotel room? What was they doing in his in his place at night? Fine, all fair that's enough. legal. All Wait, of that is legal. Right, all that is legal. I'm not even, I'm not even but, saying that. I'm talking about the fact that his friends got to know he was up doing that. The people that were setting up these castings and stuff. Not, they know ne- not necessarily though not necessarily but but these women okay first of all the context with, of a lot of these stories was they they were there was some role that they were going for some script they were trying to get picking up so of course you're going to meet up with this dude wherever he tells you to meet up with him it happens i've had i do i've had job interviews in hotel lobbies before my wife has had job interviews in hotel lobbies before so you know, they no one take us up to their room or nothing like that. But like, it, it happens, and you know, I don't know what the rules are in Hollywood. Everything's loosey goosey. But let's say these women were down for the get down. That's entirely possible. But when you drug them and take that right. choice away, I don't know a woman alive who would be like, "Yeah, I'm cool with somebody putting me to sleep while a nigga smashes on me." Ain't nobody cool with that. Oh, uh, you right. You right. I I don't know. I heard uh, Trina's verse on Nan. But... <laughs> That seems to indicate something similar to. Well, look, these these I mean, women weren't training. No, I guess there wasn't no drugs involved. She showed up, said five or six best friends. Is this this these women weren't Trina here? But <laughs> you know, and then, and then people were like, "Well, what about Hugh Hefner? What about Weinstein? What about?" It's like, yo, yeah, all scumbags. They're all scumbags. Yes. <laughs> Stop acting like what's good enough for them. It should be good enough for us. But that's kind of what the argument is in a lot of cases. Like it's the same thing with Kale. And Kale's and, and Harvey Weinstein was the same time. Furthermore, it's like furthermore, bump Bill Cosby for speaking down on the hip hop generation constantly. <laughs> that's where the real problem is. That's hey, no. I'm, real and I'm gonna <laughs> tell you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Bill Cosby. Are y'all familiar with the politics of respectability? Absolutely. Okay, for for those who might not be, it, it's basically a school of thought that says if black people just talked better, dressed better, acted better, then all the mistreatment and discrimination that y'all are complaining about will eventually cease. So, in other words, it's it's assimilation. It's adjusting who you are to make other people feel better about who or what they are. And, it, and it's complete nonsense. Nah, that's okay. Not, where that's was not cool. where where was the politics of respectability? You know, in the Jim Crow South, you know, before hip hop was even a thing, because that's the thing they go to. Oh well, hip hop, you know, walk around with your pants around your your butt and, your, and a hoodie on all the time, and 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 not 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 talking right and doing the reefers, and that's why the cops are shooting y'all. Like, okay, so what was the story a hundred and hundred twenty years ago? 
But even like, beyond that, I don't that, buy that. Like, All of Bill Cosby's nonsense against black people, it was born. It's born out of this fear that oh, white people are going to see us all a certain way, right? And I think that's nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Bigots, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to change their heart conditions. You're just not. But that shouldn't mean that you adjust who and what you are to make them feel better or safer or whatever the case may be. And a lot of Bill Cosby, a lot of his messaging is rooted in that. And I see it in a lot of older, you know, generational black people. No disrespect to them. They're trying to adjust to the world around them the way we all are. But a lot of them gravitate toward that philosophy. Well, because it was a matter of survival for them, like in in, in some ways it did work. <clears throat> because what you do is by assimilating, you kind of keep from drawing attention to yourself. So, I, I mean, I certainly understand where that comes from. Um, and hip hop became an easy scapegoat because you have a, a, you know, what's essentially the children of these people and the grandchildren of these people saying, nah, bump respectability politics. I'm going to do and say what I want to do. Um, and I, I believe it was kind of born out of fear of what would happen. But it, it's been proven time and time again, man. I could wear, you know, I could wear a hoodie and, and, and some or your jeans work and Tim's, Or I could be in a suit. And I'm in just as much danger if, you know, the powers that be deem me to be dangerous. Yeah. Like a suit don't make me bulletproof. Nope. Or any less of a threat. Yep, a suit doesn't make you um, get watched to see what your behavior is. Exactly. Um, that's and that's one of those things when we kind of getting off topic, but I get it's just so exhausting to be to have to be the person to uh, balance out other people's emotions, no matter where you go. Like any yes. any place I go to, I have to make sure everybody else around me. It's comfortable if if they aren't if there's like ninety percent white people in there. I got to be the one to make sure they okay. Because and it's and it's for your safety to do that. Exactly. It's not even it's about possibly. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. It's exhausting, man. Yeah, yeah. James Baldwin has a great quote in it from an interview he did years ago about why that racial tension exists. And man, I'm gonna try to dig it up and edit after I edit this and post it at the end of the show. But it, it's, a, it's beautifully worded. But also going back to Bill, it wasn't just the hip hop generation. It's like he bumped heads yeah. with people in his own generation with right. with uh, with Richard Pryor and then later on Eddie Murphy. Eddie and, Murphy, you know. And it's like, dude, man, do you and let everybody else do them. Uh, you know, no, he, he, he was. He was no, apparently. He, he apparently he was <laughs> doing he was doing everybody but I mean nah see the thing about it too is like what I didn't what I don't like is like I said I'm indifferent but you got people that are happy that he's out and it's like y'all y'all happy somebody that did that is out like well what are the reasons it's just because of this air quotes image that they said Bill Cosby represented. But it's like, look, the good you did is still the good you did. But right, no one's taking that away from him. Yeah, well, if the bad is found out about, hey, it's don't it's always gonna be somebody in the room that be like, Yeah, but he did this, just like Martin Luther King. 
he did a lot. But there's always gonna be somebody, but yeah, but he was out here cheating. So, like, good and evil, good and bad, that exists within a person, but hey, it is what it is. Right, and I, I'm a, the last thing I'm gonna say too on this, um, <clears throat> as far as him getting out, I mean, here's why it does matter. Not, not, not necessarily to us personally. Uh, you know, Bill Cosby holds no real influence in our personal lives. But when you see things like this happen in the face of such, you know, alarming evidence against the dude, this is why women don't speak up. Because right. <laughs> like, if the dude right. has enough money or is powerful and is and influential enough, yo, it's a yeah, it's a lost cause. Yes. So stuff like this is why victims don't come, you know, speak up. But right. enough about that. I don't want to bring down the show. Um, <laughs> I uh, I want to get into this this issue of streaming. Uh, as of recently, Yasin Bey did an interview on Talib Kweli's uh, People's Party podcast, and the clip in certain circles has gone um, semi-viral. Um, in particularly the the part of the interview where. Uh, they were discussing plans on how they wanted to release the, the the next Black Star album, and the whole streaming thing came up because Most Def is he's long been on the record as being anti-streaming, and he does not want the new Black Star album streamed or provided on uh, streaming services because of the unfair compensation practices that they, they've been known for. But in the um, in the uh, interview, I'm going to just read it verbatim so I don't misquote him he said um, it says Bay railed against the streaming industry and the incessant prodding of fans wondering if they'll get to hear more Black Star over Mad Lib Beats he says you mean to tell me that the source of labor at the center of this experience is supposed to be satisfied and grateful with receiving a portion of a penny for their efforts in labor he said um, which is a valid point he said, "You MFs don't get to tell me what I what to do with what I make. I'm not interested in my own misery. Uh, so, so I'm not interested in the misery of anyone of that anyone's trying to put on my back. If you're trying to tell me that I got to put it out on your schedule and not get paid what it's worth, but you tell me it's worth, then we're always going to have a problem. So, my question to y'all: Does does most dev have a point?" And if so, what are the alternatives? Uh, I just want to say, first of all, I, I couldn't say it to him personally because he wasn't talking to me personally. But check your tone, man. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. <laughs> the message was correct, but check your tone. <laughs> now, he's right, though. He's 100% correct. Like, uh, the, the deal with streaming is unfair toward the artist. Absolutely. Um, now, we as fans are not as sensitive to that at all we just want the product and i think artists have kind of made the trade-off with streaming because it ain't going nowhere yeah. that you know they're not gonna really make any money there and the money is being made off touring which somebody like yasin bay kind of have been doing anyway right because they wasn't doing numbers like that so all that money was coming from touring i feel like he has every right to feel the way that he does with that. And yeah, we, we just gonna have to wait. If, you know, if they can't come to what uh, the group deems fair compensation and the album is not gonna come out until then, so be it. 
I don't like that. I would love to hear it, but he's right. Yeah, I think I think that the I don't know, man. Like the, the way he's saying it, like it's I don't know. I, I look at I look at guys who've kind of tried to fight the streaming industry, like like Jay Z with title. Mm-hmm. But it's the machine is already the like it's already built. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not gonna beat streaming by yourself. You can release your like it's the same thing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Chance did by not by not. It's like distributing his his albums like a like every, the way everybody wanted to. You know what I mean? Signing with a label, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think they can fight it, but at the end of the day, that's that's not where you was making your money anyway. So I don't right. understand what the big gripe is. Like you never got a big portion of album sales ever. Mm-mm. They got a lot more than what they get now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 still, like you talking, you talking albums. Most of your money came from touring. Like that's that was the whole game. So your album gets out there, and then you you know what I mean. That's how you build your fan base, and that's how you fill stadiums. So you get your money on the back end. He should know that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I I I can't get I can't understand like what he's fighting for. Like it wasn't like. He was putting up Drake numbers anyway. You know what I mean? Like he's not right. that's not the type of artist he is. He's not gonna make that much. And and I'm talking, you know, about millionaires <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, but like Black Side album is, is near and dear to our hearts, but most of the population ain't gonna pick it up. Nah. You know what I mean? Being honest with you. So I, I don't understand like this he's gonna down this molehill for for what? Like the money you're gonna make putting your album out there anyway getting the streams getting the notoriety the interviews the the publicity everything that's gonna balloon from him releasing that album is gonna make his money tenfold so i don't rather than he just sits on this album that he never gonna release just because he don't want to stream it but also it's kind of like maybe you just enjoy the process and he don't care whether or not it ever gets released like yeah, that's, you know, it, that's what Kwali says about him all the time. He's more, he says he's one of the truest artists he knows. Yeah, that you makes know, sense. I can, I can see him like burying the album out of spite. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, let exactly. people hear it just because. Exactly. Dude, dude, my thing is put it on wax. If you don't want to stream, well, put it on wax. That's 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 okay. Exactly. I was, I was, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. I'm glad you brought that up. Because if you put it in a physical media format, if you put it on wax or on CD or whatever, like people will be able to convert it to however they want they want to listen exactly. to it later on after they after they copy it, do that. But then, and I'm sure he's thought of this, you still have to pay a a, a manufacturer to make the exactly. music, to put the physical music together to do the artwork. And his whole thing is you've got too many people benefiting and profiting off my art and my work that aren't me but, but they're also part of the process yeah they're, so, but they're part of the process so i don't i don't I, I get where he's coming from with the streaming thing because when when i looked into it and I, I was like man let me look and see how much these these platforms pay out amazon they pay out two tenths of a penny per stream title four tenths of a penny per stream they're actually the best spotify three tenths of a penny so the amount of times that I'm going to listen to an album isn't going to come close to 10 or $12 that I used to pay for an album. In the past, we would pay 10, 12 bucks for the CD we wanted, and that was on our loan end. 
But now right. you can just pay $10 to a streaming service a month and get unlimited music. So I don't think you're going to get people to abandon streaming in droves. No. The, the, the no. Two-Face is already out of the tube on that. You know, so and, and by the way, record companies are making record profits. Right. So I, I get what he's saying about all these people making money off the music, except for the musicians. But you're going to have to work with somebody like, you know, I, I'm yeah. a I'm a visual artist. But it's like if I get commissioned a piece of work, I can't be like, oh, I'm going to steal all my supplies because I don't want the art store to make money off my project. You know what I mean? Cause I, I got to go to them to buy my supplies and I don't like that. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get my money, beat my pennies together, and go and buy my supplies from these people. And that, that's what I was trying to figure out with the whole discussion. What he was saying, it was like, all right, so what is the alternative? Are you gonna make up your own streaming thing? Are you gonna yeah, make up a, a website? That's, that's where, the real question. Yeah, are you gonna make up a website or something where people can be like, hey, if you want the album, you buy the album, and then I'll make sure you get it, like. What are you going to do? Because, or are you going to do a situation that's like that, but then also put it on streaming? But like maybe three months later after the album drops, then you put it on streaming? Like, because there's ways around things. It's just that, and actually, I think uh, most, well, Yasin Bay, if anybody, would be a person that has the fan base that would actually seek out his own website to buy it out. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. he has, there's a, I ain't gonna say it's a niche. A niche. Nah, we old. We old. But, but, but it's like but, it's only gonna. There's only certain people that's gonna want to hear it anyway. So then you can put it out on stream. But like, like you said, to stand on this molehill, it's like, well, what are you making your money off of your concerts? <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. It ain't no concerts being being going down either. Uh, it, you know. But when they were going down, it's like artists were charging 175 bucks a ticket, and yeah. you know, 40 bucks for a T-shirt of merch, or 60, yeah. 80 dollars for a hoodie, and that was on the low end. Yeah. So they they got to get their money back through things like merch and concert sales, and you know, doing shows and tours and stuff like that. But you know, as far as most deaf and telequality, their options, it's like they could do some sort of hybrid Kickstarter type thing where they have a bunch of people. You know, contribute. Okay, we want fifteen dollars per copy. Give us your fifteen dollars. Leave your information, and we'll make sure you get a yep. physical or downloadable encoded copy that you cannot make copies of. You know, because I'm sure they're probably worried. They come from the age of bootlegging, so yes. they, I'm sure they're worried about that too. But yeah, it's it's ways it's ways to do it. You know, what's going on, Red? I, I think that. What's up? What's up? What's up, Red? I think that would be dope, though. Like to actually beat the bootleggers though. Like it don't matter what what format you put it out on, you're not beating the bootleggers. Exactly. I, I wouldn't even be concerned with the bootleggers, but just like because the fans, the core hardcore fans, they gonna want to buy it. Right. They don't. They ain't gonna want it bootleg. They gonna want to actually buy it. Right. See, and, are you gonna hit? Don't hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say and, and see like with now that you're creating this this big. Uh, you know show about it you know having this connection about it it's like if if you find a way to create a website where people can go to the to the website pay for the album outright download it all the profits go to you man the expectations for this album are going to better be fire extremely high well he's made that anyway 
because it's come out. It's, it's 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 been too long. The only the only thing worse that people had, were expecting was Jay Electronica now. <laughs> yeah. So like this, the, the the expectations are big anyway. So I say do it if he. I mean if he, especially since he didn't said it out loud, like for people to really hear his words. Like now, he should just. Teach, I say do it. I don't even know if he's thinking about doing it though, but I say he should do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's making a lot of hay about it, so I'm not. I'm not. Somebody gonna reach out to him. Somebody gonna reach out to him with a solution. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's like after you've made all this hay about it, it's just like oh man, this 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 album better be the holy grail of hip hop albums, you know. And yeah. I just I just doubt that it's it's gonna be, you know. It sounds like he's tired of people asking him about it. Which <laughs> suck it up, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, people, don't, people, don't make that the answer though, because now yeah, people, people like, well, why don't you just do this then? You know, <laughs> right, right. You know, and as far as the physical media, man, it's like that they, they they don't even make cars or laptops with CD drives in them anymore. You know, right. because people people have switched over to streaming. It's just way too convenient. You know what I mean? Like I still. Right. I do the streaming thing, but I also still do iTunes because I, uh, you know, for my job, I float around the city. So I'm in areas sometimes that does not have internet, uh, internet signal. If I want to listen to music, I, you know, I just, you know, pull iTunes up and listen to whatever I want to listen to. Uh, plus, not everything is on stream. So there's that. Too. It needs to be vinyl. People love that uh, eclectic vinyl. Some people, you know, actually have um, turntables just to listen to vinyl music. Mm-hmm. So. Like you can have that as an option. It'd be like, hey, twenty bucks for the vinyl, maybe fifteen for like the digital copy. If you were gonna actually have a website, like you can, man, I'm putting my own music out. You have, you have a, you know, somebody that's gonna manufacture the vinyl, and you know that's why it'd be the twenty bucks. And then you have the digital copy. Like I think it would be dope. And it's, it would take an artist like said most deaf where it could actually happen. Cause certain artists it wouldn't work for most artists it wouldn't work for but like if lauren hill did it, i think she would be another artist where that mm-hmm. would be okay i think i think i don't think nobody's gonna check for lauren like that because people mad at her for how shows be going <laughs> yeah people are mad at her but it's, it's because of what she went through or whatever but if she was making a new album oh i i spent that twenty dollars that's what i, I but i also go to her concert yeah, so I'm, it's, you got the fan base is what I'm saying. It's a, a, a yeah. core of people that it's certain people that like whatever they put out, I'm there for. Whatever way they put it out, I'll go through the process to, to hear it. Who really would break it so if they if if like a Beyonce or Drake did it, like that would break the system if that's what they wanted to do. I wonder. I wonder. That's that's who you need, like especially Drake because he puts out new music every week. Right. Yeah, Drake on a record. I don't think. I don't think he. He nah. He don't got the nostalgia Listen, for Drake. Drake has the fan way. base right now, bro. You not. Correct. He's not understanding. Like Drake. Well, Drake has, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's got. Yeah. He's got the social media. Like he came in at the right time, and the way he does his music, he's got the fan bases for both. From both. Yes. From from a from more genres than like, Black Star album is hip hop is. Like right. Drake, Drake got the soccer moms. He got the 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 TikTok kids. He's like he's got everybody. 
Yes. That's so true. I think he could touch more people. You know what I mean? Like he could actually break the system. But that's true. But the because way our he generation makes music man, is built for the system. The way he make music makes music is built for the system. Like ain't no TikTok kid gonna want a vinyl. But album. but 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 hipsters listen to Drake. Hipsters, right. hipsters yeah. got turned. They got yeah. a turntable. They collect vinyls. You know what I mean? Like that. that yeah, I mean, no, you're right. You're right. And, you and people, people of our generation, we even, even, like we brought up the whole Napster thing a few episodes ago. What's crazy is that the record companies, when Napster first came out, they were like, "Oh no, shut this down. Mm-hmm. We, we gonna make y'all buy CDs. Like we, we can't right. be having this just for everything to switch over. You know? But they, they were, they had enough time to like restructure the. The, the the compensation methods you know what i mean to the point where mm-hmm. they still come out on top and the artist is still getting screwed you know but but people like us we're hardwired we will i don't mind having a physical and a, and a digital copy it's like i remember when commons b first came out it leaked like a month before it was supposed to come out and i still went out and bought the physical cd yep. just because i wanted to support and you know read the liner notes and you know have it have it handy so i think our generation you know that 35 to 45 generation is i think i think we'll we'll pay whatever for whatever format is provided but as far as the streaming thing yeah you need somebody like a drake or 10 drakes to get up and say you know what this is unfair we need to redo this you know i i personally think that hit, hit, not, not necessarily hit just hip-hop but music musicians in general they need some sort of union you know what i mean like i'm calling it a union but i the concept i have right. is much is so much broader than that uh because you may be like a, a recording studio i mean recording artists guild like the actors have mm-hmm. yeah or the writers like yeah. the writers guild or something like that so yeah. i do think something like that is is necessary you know um, yeah i guarantee you uh yasin bay and them will still be getting the short end of the stick even with that Perhaps, perhaps not. You know. I mean, look at you know if Hollywood is the is the example, like you can see that you can see that even though there is the the Screen Actors Guild and Screenwriters Guild, and you know you still have certain artists within that system that just don't get the same kind of um, opportunities or, quite frankly, money that other ones are getting. Right. Yeah. Like Steven Soderbergh. You know, can put out a, a a movie every couple of years. Shoot a movie on an iPhone, <laughs> and and you know get distribution. But Ava DuVernay, you know, it, it doesn't get those similar opportunities. That's true. That's I, I mean, I guess Ava DuVernay is probably not the best example, but she actually does get a lot of work. But I think my point still stands. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but see, most most deaf has a core base a core fan base so like i honestly feel like he's in a position to kind of do that and there's other artists like y'all saying drake and beyonce because they got a fan base they're gonna follow them like it's almost a religion the way they follow them but i think also with most stuff because if he drops something i'm going to get it and it's a and there's tons of other people out there just like me can't wait to hear from for most the, of the, the masses most of the masses don't know who Yassine Bey is right that's true like you go go ask any 16 year old or any 66 year old and they probably know Drake 
Yeah, that's true. You go, you can go ask a 33 year old from Kansas, they ain't gonna know most that for y'all seen, but that's for sure. <laughs> you you missed it, man. We old out here. Like, I was in, I was in the store <laughs> yeah, the other day. I had, I had a McLovin shirt on, bro. They, the kid, the kid that was bagging, did not know what it was from, man. Wow. Yeah. That ain't even that old. That's is like that from a movie? That's what I said. I was like, what? That's more than ten years. But no, nah, we um, we're old. We're older, but we're not dead. So, um, <laughs> the same people that was listening to, to most Death knows who's ya, who ya, knows who Yasin Bay is, and those are the people that's gonna go to that website and buy that album. Now, I agree with that. What I'm saying though is Drake has a much broader appeal. Like, oh, yeah. We have a very specific group of people who are gonna know most stuff like that. I know y'all seen back. You talking hip hop yeah. heads of a certain age? Where yeah, Drake, well, you know, Drake ain't complaining. Everybody. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, he he did this on purpose. Drake too busy whispering in uh, NBA players' ears when they at the Toronto Stadium. Boy, he ain't worried about but- this. I'm, I'm gonna move right along. I wanted to get get this. I might have to do a part two on this because I don't know if we're gonna be able to cover everything. Um, <laughs> a, a good first impressions on, on hip hop albums. Um, I wanted to kind of cover or have you guys cover some of the songs that y'all feel are some of the best intro tracks. I'm reading from an article on Medium.com on it's it's called the 20 best hip hop album openers of the last 20 years. It says, a rapper never waits until track three or four to pull you in. Hip-hop has no patience for that. They only get one chance to make a first impression and an album's opening song is their moment to shine. Okay, so in order to rank the 20 greatest album openers of the past 20 years, they based it off, did it serve as a cultural explosion, i.e. NWA straight out of Compton? Did it kickstart a rapper's career, i.e. Nas's New York State of Mind? Does it encapsulate and set the stage for a rapper's style, i.e. Dr. Dre's F with Dre Day? And does it exist as a time capsule for where the rapper was at that point of their career, i.e. Tupac's ambitions as a rapper? So some of the some of the tracks that they highlighted as being the best album openers of the last 20 years, I, I'm not in, I'm not in terrible agreement with a lot of these. Uh, first one, J. Cole, Too Deep for the Intro. Yeah. From Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah that's a man for me too. I, I disagree. I thought it was a fantastic intro. Oh really? I mean <laughs> J. Cole gets he gets it though. Like I, and I I get I know I know a lot of people kinda indifferent on him, but I think even 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 like his low key album, like For Your Eyes Only, I feel like the way he opens the intro is a good tone setter for the rest of the album. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that one again. I'm, 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 I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of a different track. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of a different track. All right, next one, they got Lil Wayne, Get Him from Dedication to. I can agree with that. I never actually heard it. I can agree with that. Okay, okay. All right, we got. I don't know about this one. 18, Dr. Dre, The Watcher. From Ooh, definitely. That the the Watcher was. The Watcher was dope. That's a dope intro, man. Was that the first song? It was. Okay. It was cool. It was cool. I I, I thought there were other songs that he could have went in. He could have sparked that album off with, though. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. 
Uh, but Dave is in favor of it. All right, number 17. <laughs> Eminem, White America. The Eminem show. Uh, I'm a stan and I'm not a, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of White America. I, didn't, I thought I didn't it was for, it was for White America. <laughs> like, seriously. Letter, I, I, I know, was, yeah. <laughs> we was like in, uh, eavesdropping on a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it really it was, wasn't for It's us. a slick track. I'm I'm thinking as an intro though. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to agree with. Yeah, maybe it wasn't for me. What was uh What was the the name of the the track from Slim Shady? Uh, not Slim Shady. Uh, Marshall Mathers LP. I'll kill you. Kill you. Thank you. That's yeah, a better intro. That's a much better intro song right. than. Now this is what I'll say about White America. I do think it was a very important, needed song in his catalog. And it was him kind of drawing a line in the sand, saying stuff that like, he, he was aware of a lot of black artists already getting that with uh, he's, his white privilege worked to his advantage in the music industry. And I always respected Eminem for that. He never ran from the issues. He put it all out on the table. Is it the best intro song? Not necessarily, but it was a very necessary record. Um, so mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of that song. Jay Z, uh, a million and one questions from mm-hmm. Life, Volume One. Hmm. That's a good one. I, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Jay Z kind of he does it a lot in his intros. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can go countless albums, and his intro is like really sets the tone. Yeah, I like this one because he had two different premiere beats. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it just to me, it, it it reminded me like, yeah, at the end of the day, this dude is an MC. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you can complain about his content or what he does or doesn't do or his lack of taking chances. But at the end of the day, this dude is a true MC who could get busy over whatever. And I, I, mm-hmm. I for that, I like I like that as an intro track. Uh, next one, Lil Wayne, The Mob from The Carter 2. Oh, well, I ain't on this list. <laughs> Wonder why. Um, I yeah, know. I never heard this one either. I'm Carter too. The mob. Um, I would have to Google it, man. I'm pretty sure I did hear this because I remember when this album dropped and everybody was telling me like, "Oh man, this dude is amazing. Oh. He's his pen game." No, no, nah. he, he got busy on that. I do remember listening to this and going like. I had, I was like Killmonger. I was like, is this your king? Like this is this, is, this, is, this is, dude. Y'all calling the best rapper alive? Like, no, he got busy on that track though. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. He got busy on that track, and and then you gotta remember, like this was the Wayne like emerging himself as like the uh, the flagship artist. So mm-hmm. he kind of was setting the tone. He set the tone with the first party. And then it was kind of like everybody was so like hyped about that first Carter and was eager to find out how he was going to, you know, come out with the second version. And that that intro was very similar to how like his most famous tracks on Carter one was. So I can see how they put that on there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. See that man. That's why I have Reggie on the show, man. Cause he he can give us a, a perspective, man. That a lot of us just don't have. Um, number, <laughs> number number fourteen. I, I mean that in all seriousness. Yeah, number fourteen. Uh, Drake over my dead body. Who take care? Um, I don't know if I would use that one over. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm like not a big intro, Drake fan, but I remember him having better tracks on that album. I, agree. I like this intro from if you read this, if you're reading this, it's already too late. I like that one. I'm going to go no on this track because um, this whole album was a snooze fast. I remember actually buying this, trying to give this nigga a chance. And like, <laughs> and that was like the second Drake album I had bought, too. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting off this train. This is clearly not for me and not going where I wanted to go. All right, number 13, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Shireen, Master Splinter's daughter from Good Kid, Mad City. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm giving this the thumbs up. I, I yeah, thought this was good. excellent. Uh, you know what? He had a good intro for Section 82, man. I did. Yeah. I like that one better. Yeah. yeah. I would I would have put that one ahead of Shireen. He did, he did. But Shireen's band dude, the storytelling on here. It's like, okay, dude. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm strapping in for the story here. Like, yeah. like I'm with you it. got me hooked. I'm with it. All right. And and you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what you all's experiences, teenage experiences were like, <laughs> you know, around those years when you first started driving and being mobile. But a lot of us walked into some bad situations because of the girl and this narrative in this song it really encapsulates that well and um oh. am i the only one who's done that <laughs> no no, you, you <laughs> no I've, I've, I've definitely found myself in in leclerc courts and i actually didn't go in yeah. none. i just didn't go I, I, <laughs> once i realized once i realized where i was headed i'm like are like, you nah. in where <laughs> This ain't happening. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I no, drive no, out no. south. I'm you, not you going. Facts. Yeah, nah, not gonna happen. All right, next one. Twelve. Kanye West. Good morning. Congratulations. That's a good intro. That's a good intro. It's a good intro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that the thumbs up. Uh, huh. This next one's interesting. Kanye West. Ultra Light Beam from Life of Pablo. That's a good one too. It is. That's, that's one of the few. That's one of the few songs I still play on that album. Did he do like three different versions of this though? Because it was yeah. it was Chance. He had a little chorus and stuff. It was a solid yeah. track, man. I like that. Yeah, I, I remember liking the song. I just, I don't know, man. With, with him releasing so many different versions, I don't know if I would have included that. One. I, I I guess I guess they put that too because I, it was kind of a change up for as a sound for him. Yeah, so he was doing his gospel thing. Well, not only that, but he was like looping multiple. He was putting like multiple tracks on one album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with similar like sounds. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it set the tone for the whole album. The whole album was pretty much like that, and they all kind of bled to each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one, number ten, Young Thug, Givenchy. I guess I have not even heard. Okay. What's that? What's the album? What album is that? The tour part one. Oh, I never heard that one. Okay, all right, we'll skip that one. Number nine, Chance the Rapper, All We Got from the Coloring Book. Uh, uh, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. Yeah, that, that coloring book was. It was trash. It was very unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, man. Wait, I thought this was the one everyone liked. The color dude, nobody liked the coloring book. It bro. was, it was, it was tolerable. People was like, okay, like. I appreciate I you giving people. me something, but where's the real music at? <laughs> that's that's yeah, that that's been. that I love my wife album, right? No, 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 no. Nah, that was uh, the big day. The big day. The big day. Yeah, yeah. 
the color book, the color book, the, the color book was decent, but it just wasn't what his mixtapes. It was supposed oh, to be his first album. Yeah, yeah, it had it had kind of like the house vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got, I got. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was okay. All right, <clears throat> number eight, three six mafia sipping on some syrup from when the smoke clears. Great oh, intro. Yeah. Oh, intro. Terrible, terrible message for the youth. <laughs> <laughs> but good intro. Now this one I think checks off a lot of the boxes. Did it serve as a cultural explosion? Yeah, for the, their region. Did it kickstart their career? Yeah, in the mainstream I did on on the mainstream platform because that's when I first really started paying attention to them. Did it encapsulate and set the stage for their style? Absolutely. Does it exist as a time capsule for where they were at that point of their career? Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even know Sipping on Scissor was was the album opener from that album, but learning that it was, it's like, oh yeah, most definitely. This was yeah. like that that makes sense. It's most definitely one on the list. All right, common B from the album B. Great intro. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I couldn't have thought of a more perfect way to start that album. Ghostface Killer, Nutmeg off Supreme Court. Yes. Yeah, Unpopular opinion here. I thought one should have been the intro. That's an unpopular opinion for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking nothing away from Nutmeg. That's what but, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, but I think <laughs> one would have been a better intro. Just saying. Mm, I don't know. Just saying, nutmeg was bananas though. All right, five. Drake, Tuscan leather from Nothing Was the Same. Now nah, that was a good intro. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm not familiar. I had to look that one up. Yeah, I was I had to and, check out word for that and, one. And and did it set the tone for the album? Not sure, but he had some bangers on there. So I don't know. But but it, it was definitely a good intro. The, the the description sounds dope. It says one Whitney Houston sample flipped three times. Yeah. Eight three different beats. I'm not doing that. That sounds dope. No, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's crazy. Nah, it uh, it's it's actually a dope. It's three different tracks and he's like just fitting, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's no chorus, no nothing. He just just rhyming the whole entire time. It's actually really dope. So I, I would definitely say that's a good one. I would have put that over the first one for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, number four, Kanye West, Dark Fantasy. Yeah. 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 That was the, the Nicki Minaj talking, right? Yeah, but the song with uh, Raekwon was the actual yeah. song. Right, 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 right. Yeah, this is the Can We Get Much Higher track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I rock with that one. That was dope. Absolutely. I think this should be, like, number one, honestly. Yeah, I was trying to think of how the song itself actually started, and yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is just the intros of the last twenty years. Right, right, right. I think this would this would definitely. I think I, I would put this at number one. Honestly, I, I thought that it was an excellent track. It it encapsulated where Kanye was at in his career and the different sounds he was going to be moving forward, experimenting with. Because this was his first album after eight oh eight, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Wasn't the whole album like a diss record? It was. Yeah, that's that's the entire album was a diss record. That's pretty pretty incredible, and all that tells me is that Amber got the sunshine because 
This man that made an entire album, he was that hurt. <laughs> and it was a masterpiece. Yeah, that was his best album. One of his best right. albums. Right. Right. I don't ever want to be hurt. That's something. All right, number three, Jay-Z, the intro to the Dynasty album. Yeah. Man, that's fire. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of yeah. figured, when we was talking to, uh, about the, the million and one questions, the Dynasty is the one that came to mind. Mm-hmm. That might be the best he's ever done. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I don't know what I can't I don't know what would be better just as an intro track yeah I mean he had other honestly I thought Can't Knock the Hustle might have been his, his best intro but that's that was from 96 I guess that one don't count yeah exactly oh uh, okay okay yeah you said the last okay my bad cause I would've gave it to, I would've gave it to volume 3 uh Hope song mmm that's the one when he'd be like, I don't care if it's winter, let y'all win this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. That's not really a song, though, was it? Yeah, it was the intro track. It yeah, it was a song. All right. Maybe I can only hear the beats. I can't think of no lyrics from that. Yeah, pull it up. It's it, Well, no, you can't pull it up because it's, uh, I mean, I guess you can pull it up if you got a title. No, nah, he's released his stuff to everything else. Okay, okay. Now the last two, I don't know, man. The last two on the top of the list, I don't know if I agree with these. Number two, Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares from 2002. Oh, yeah. That's Dreams a good nice intro, album. man. That's Dreams and Nightmares had a good intro, Listen, bro. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't <laughs> listed number one, I was going to be upset. But I, I, we have to see what number one is. Dreams and Nightmares. I mean, oh you got to get get past the fact that it's Meek Mill. It, it was a fire intro. Maybe, maybe, oh, no, maybe you, that's that's my own personal hey, bias. No, nah, but you nah, just nah, if, nah, if nah, you nah, think, no, nah, but if you got to think about it. You talked about all the boxes. It checked every last one. Every single one. And Meek Mill can spit, man. I don't know, like some people don't necessarily mm-hmm. like the guy. You, you but keep the saying he spit. I think he can. I think he got. I think he got flow. He can spit. He's he got said, potential. He, got he hit a miss though, man. Yeah, there's so many rappers know. out. He's, he's like he's like a hey. rap version of Chris Middleton. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I wouldn't even say nah, that. I can I can tell y'all. I can give y'all me, a list. Me, me, he like, might give you he might give you 38 or he might give you 10. Listen, that nigga give I'm, you a listen, good 40, listen, and then you, the next one it'd be you talking about no nah, nah, unpopular. Uh, man. You talking about an unpopular opinion? I don't think he's had a bad album. He hasn't. It, I, I can't, to me, it's his flow. Like I can't listen to his because he, he yeah, spits yeah, yeah. at that high pitch, high like that now, high cadence flow every preference. time. I can yeah, understand I that. Say, it's preference. I can understand that. It's a, it's a preference thing, but the boy can. The boy got lyrics. He like, he has okay. not had a bad album. He can make radio hits. He can make thug music. He can make music where he's talking about social. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Events that's going on in the world. Like the dude makes great. Yeah, he albums. does. And he got some of the hottest freestyles. This nigga said he is the rap version of Chris Middleton. That is hilarious and accurate. Yeah, in the way it is. All right, number what? one, the number one spot, Fifty Cent. What up, gangster? Get rich or die trying. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. no, nah, man. I wouldn't put that at number one. I thought it was a no. solid intro. But it that wouldn't no be number, number one. one, but it should be on the list. Yeah. It should, I agree with that. It should definitely be on the list. Meek Mill should be number one. I agree. I'm a, I'm uh, a, I would give the number one spot to uh, Dark Fantasy, personally. 
Nah, but, but you gotta understand. You you gotta understand that intro single handedly jump started his whole career. Do you understand what this dream and night dreams and nightmares like, is about? Like, it's what I'm saying off. is, he can tour alone for the rest of his life off that intro. That's true. But then, like, also what the beat, what the song was. So, um, the song started out with just piano accompaniment. It was just somebody playing on the on the ivory keys, and then out of nowhere, he like he rap he he's rapping real passive not really hard and rugged then the beat just switches and the whole energy of the song just changes man like it man that's that was a well-made song that that's that should be number one i'm gonna I'm 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 pull it up tonight just just so i have some sort of point of reference but i don't know man that 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 dark fantasy was, was something else no but we see i I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm just saying Kanye. Kanye was Kanye was already Kanye. Like even even your point with uh triple six, like they were already triple six. Like nobody didn't really know who Meek Mill necessarily was until that intro came out. Like that song, you can play that anywhere, and people know that every lyric, word for word, every single lyric. I put that whenever I play that in any party. It's just like everybody gets. Like they could be on their way to going to get a drink. They hear that, they coming right back. Cause they gotta recite the song. You got to. It's like it's something something amazing happens when that song is played. That's all I'm saying. I feel y'all like y'all really overselling this, but I, I'll I'm go not, back and man. I, I wish I was. I wish I was, but I'm not. It's a fact. Niggas obstinate, man. <laughs> you say that nigga's obstinate. It's, it's funny though, because you're not even you're Who is this Meek Mill that I shall listen to him? His voice. <laughs> He's like, uh, no song is that good. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> but Ian, oh, here's all the evidence. Nah, nah, can't be that good. <laughs> man, I'm gonna be like, man, bump that evidence. <laughs> I'm gonna be like a Cosby lawyer. Bump that evidence. All right, let's let's oh, move man. right along. Yikes, that dark. <laughs> oh, was that too much? <laughs> it's on. just you and Neil. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's move right along to our album face off for the for the night or for the week, I should say. We like to put two albums against each other that are oftentimes stylistically similar and weigh in on which album we felt was the better work of art. And for this week, we have two very forward-thinking acts, you can say, and two underappreciated albums from 1997. In one corner, we got Wyclef John with his debut album, The Carnival, uh, released June 24th, 1997 on Columbia Records, uh, clocking in at 24 tracks in 74 minutes, produced entirely by Wyclef John and Jerry Wonder. And then in our other corner, we have Camp Lowe with their debut album, Uptown Saturday Night. Uh, Camp Lowe was the combination of Sonny Chiba and Geechee Suede. They were a group from the Bronx. This album was released January 28, 1997 on Profile Records. Clocks in at 54 minutes and 15 tracks. <clears throat> and was produced by Ski Beats. Um, so I'm gonna give it up to you all. Um, between these two albums, which one 
did you all feel was the doper album and why? I, <clears throat> I guess I'll start. I, I uh, <laughs> the, the Carnival is is one of my favorite albums, but listening to them both, I think I think you got to give it to Camp Low. Like the, the the my 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 biggest problem, and I think the biggest deciding factor I had with the two was the amount of the amount of skits on the carnival man like and, and they dope skits but it's, it's a, a lot, lot of like half the it's album is skits bro like and so uh, like just pure music man that, that can't blow it both of them fired to me man but i i had to get a slight nod to camp low okay okay cool i like it i dig it i dig it all right who else wants to take it I, I'll take it because y'all might not like what I'm about to say, but um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's Camp Low. Easy. That carnival, like, I never, I never really cared for Wyclef Jean heavy anyway. That's why y'all may not like me for saying that, but yeah. I, I never, like, I never, no disrespect because the man, like, like he's, he's an artist through and through. But I just never really connected a lot with what he did, um, like himself personally. Like even when he was rapping, it was like. But eh. is, he, is he too Caribbean or something for you? What's the what's what's well, the difference? Honestly, it's part of that because I just never, it never, I never connected with that heavy. I'm not like I don't, I'm not saying I dislike it, but I'm not like I'm not jumping to, to go for that. Um, like, like I like going to November. I like staying alive. Um, but like the whole album itself was like, oh yeah, I can't wait for this song to be over just so I can hear the next song. You know, um, jeez. Yeah, I know harsh. it sounds. I know it sounds harsh, but it's this like shit, it, no, this shit. No, no yeah, disrespect because <laughs> no, no disrespect because like he did. He he made a good quality song. It's just like my ear is not tuned to it. But then when I hear Camp Low, when I hear Camp Low, instantly I'm all, I'm like just almost freestyling as soon as any beat comes on. It's like I'm ready for it. Like I'm just loving. It. And it's not about the production being better or worse on any album. It's just that my ear is tuned to Camp Low, and. I don't know if anybody's gonna mention this. That Camp Low artwork is classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Revolt, graffiti artist who did that. But like, other than that, it's Camp Low because my ear just went right to that. Like, you know, that's just that's just my 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 sound. That's just what I go for. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's more your style. I get it. All right, Reggie. Uh, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I'll, I'll weigh in. I went with the Wack Love. Hmm. Um, the Cam Low. I mean, I, I I love uh I love Ski Beats. Um, so I think everything was produced phenomenally. Uh, I just and just my only issue with Cam Low, man. Like, I think I said this before. Like, they it's they lingo that that I can't get with. Like, it's hard right, for me to yeah. understand yeah. what they're talking that about. Completely, bro. Like I literally, like I had to look up rap genius, like to break down <laughs> lyrics. Before, like as Word. I was, I'm like, yo, I have no idea what these dudes are talking about. Word. So that was the only thing 
for me. And then in the terms of Wyclef, um, the Caribbean sometimes can be too much. However, the fact that he, I mean, he, I mean, for the most part, he produced and wrote the entire album. Right. So for that alone, I think that 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 type of talent, you know what I'm saying, deserves the edge. You know what I mean? So that's 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 what I got. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I dig it. All right, uh, Jamil. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make this real easy. I went with the the carnival on this one. Um, mm. I I love both of these albums. I really, really do. Um, I'm kind of with Reggie on the with Camp Low. Like as much as I like their music, you you definitely need a translator. Like they East Coast E40 for sure. <laughs> and, and it's two of them. And it's two of them. But within that though, I appreciate their originality and, and nice. you know the way they, they they ride the beats and. Uh, just as a side note, man, Crystal Carrington needs to be on the list of dopest intros of a uh, of an album. Yeah, indeed. You know what? Side note, I meant to say we're gonna do a part two on that because I wanted you all to share you all's um, top intro tracks as well. But we only okay. had enough time to just cover that first list, so we will do a part two on that. Fair enough. Um, homework. The 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 carnival was definitely skit heavy. Um, most of them being pretty classic. You hear us quote True. Uh, the, the, the Haitian lawyer on this show quite often. Yeah. Um, it's part of the crew. It, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, a man down low ho. <laughs> I have many styles. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, what I what I really like about uh, the carnival, I actually do like the fact that his his Caribbean background comes into the music a lot and and we get to experience that with even though this is a decidedly hip-hop album like there's so many different sounds that are played with right like from the Celia Cruz uh sample to having tracks with um and Neville is that Neville the, yeah the Neville Brothers yeah. yeah like that song that might be one of my favorite songs on that album and it's completely different from everything it's else. It's random, bro. It comes out of it's super, super yeah. random, <laughs> super but random. It's a, but it's a great, it's a it's great, a fantastic like, song. Yeah, it's such, and it's the way he placed it in an album, like, like then to have Street Jeopardy come right after that. Yeah. Oh my god. Street Jeopardy was fine too, like that. Man. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm about there with it. It was just, I mean, they, these are two solid projects, but um, I had to go with the Carnival. Okay. That's why. I, that's why I like being on this show because hearing somebody else explains explain it in a different way makes me like appreciate the album more. I mean, I'm still Camp Low, but um, no doubt, like just just hearing somebody else's appreciation of an album makes me like, you know what? That's true. That is true. Um, there sometimes like stuff you miss. Like kind of not sways my vote, but it makes me like like lesson one like wanna like almost take back some of the stuff I said but like <laughs> no doubt no I, I know what you mean man like like that's the point of the show I wanna challenge you know how people view music and, and how I yeah. view music really like like that's that's the whole point of the show and, and like you know but likewise it's like there's been times where you'll bring up something and I'll be like, yeah, I, I never thought of it that way. And mm -hmm. it'll make me more, a little bit more open to a particular artist or song 
and yeah, I just that yeah, that's why I like I like having these discussions. Yeah, I would never listen to your old Drew if Ian didn't keep pushing them on. <laughs> and I would have never lo- listened to Duke Deuce if uh, Reggie had. <laughs> Hey, Duke, don't be hating on no Duke Deuce, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm with it. I am with it. I'm all Duke Deuce. I don't want no problems. Um, okay, for myself, man, yo, I love both these albums. Two slept on uh, uh, classics, in my opinion. I did get on, put on the, the Carnival first a couple years before I, I got put on to the Camp Low. I don't think I heard the Camp Low till like maybe two years after it came out. But when I did, I, I was hooked. And I think both these acts, they tried to, they tried to provide something <clears throat> unique and original in hip hop in a time where it needed it the most. Cause this was, as you know, the post Pac era, you know, Pac hadn't even been dead a full six months. Um, and hip hop needed a breath of fresh air to put it bluntly. And they both created their own unique worlds with their respective albums and painted very vivid pictures of those worlds. You know, now with, with the camp low, I, I I love the creative chemistry between Sunny Chiba and Gucci Sway, and it's a chemistry that has remained unbroken. I love their '60s and '70s slang. They were the first. I had never heard the word bull dagger before I heard this album. <laughs> I had to look up what a bull dagger was. I'm like, what are they talking about? I'm like, is that a weapon? <laughs> <laughs> And they had that so much, dare I say, swag before it was called that. Um, right. They, lyrically, they went hard on every track and they incorporated, they were a group, an East Coast group from the Bronx, but they incorporated jazz a whole lot differently than groups like Tribe or Daylight did. It's, it's clear to me that they were digging in a whole other different set of crates than Tribe and Daylight, but it was still jazzy. It was still funky, you know what I mean? It was still lush. You know, but that being said, I got to give the edge to the Wyclef. Reason being, I felt that the Wyclef, to me, I don't know if anyone else caught this, but it felt like he was trying to represent the whole African diaspora with, a diaspora, I should say, with this album. And he touched on, he tried to touch on as many different genres of black music as he could. R&B, disco, hip hop, blues, reggae, mm-hmm. African music. It, that's that's what it felt like. Now, I will say this. I cut after the closing argument skit, I cut the I cut the album off. I stopped listening to it. The last four tracks which were remixes were all unneeded to me. So, you know, I kind of wish he hadn't attacked those on, but I got so many memories tied up to this album. I still know the album by heart, you know, except mm-hmm. for the song where he's rapping in French. But it was just it was it was just so it was just so fresh and so unique and it felt like the closest thing that we were going to get to another Fuji's album as well. That's true. Because Kinda they had was. Heavy, yeah yeah they had yeah. heavy contributions to this album, um, and you know the different different references to biblical imagery and you know and then you combine that with the humor of the skits and it was just man I was just there I was just there for all of it I was just there for all of it like this. This album really shaped my way of thinking about music and, you know, what it could be. You know, and I got a lot of sentimental memories tied up with this album as well. And I was listening to it the other day, man. It's, it slaps to this day. You could release this album today in 2021 and it'll still sound just as fresh and just as polished as it did in 97. 
You already put your mindset up like a, a, a early uh, what's the dude's name? Jadania. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's the vibe and the way, yeah, the way, yeah, you could tell he got influences. Like the way he blends a lot of his culture and like the the African sounds, the soca music and stuff. The way the way Wyclef did that with the Haitian vibe is the, he got heavy influences on it. Man. Absolutely, yeah, that's true. That's so, true. What you said. never thought about that? You could drop it now and it just had the same impact. You know, but don't don't sleep on the Camp Low. Like I will say this: the Camp Low is a more, in terms of which album is a, a better pure hip hop album, then yeah, it's the Camp Low. But in just in terms of total package and some of its parts, the better album to me was, was the Y Clef. But I would recommend the Camp Low. I would recommend that to a twenty five year old. Yeah. Yeah, but I would recommend the Wyclef to to anybody fifty and or older. I would love to hear what a fifty year old. Well, maybe not fifty because they that's kind of the space where Camp Low would be. But like an older person, I would love to know what they thought about it because they might end up catching some of the references that we had to look up because their slang was from a different era. So they might actually dig it a little better. I might do that. I might play my grandma some Camp Low. See what she say. <laughs> I report I report back to y'all in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but please do. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, yeah, I mean like there was stuff on the Y Club I had to look up too. Like the whole Ferguson thing, representing himself in court. That mm-hmm. that skipped a lot of people in our generation. I had to go back and be like, man, what what is he talking about? And then I, I did the research and it was just like, okay, he's he's touching on some heavy stuff here. Even though it was kind of corny how he did it, yeah. Like that whole last part of the Year of the Dragon was so weird. Close your doors, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just started naming stuff. In the, yeah, just red stuff. Locust, <laughs> <laughs> the Beast, <laughs> right? Locust. Hey man, hey, I was, I was, I was there for it, man. I was there for it. But um, but yeah, man, that 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 will wrap it up for for that. Appreciate y'all's input on that. So we go ahead and cap this off like we always do with another segment of what you're bumping. Where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what y'all been bumping for the past week or so. Uh, so, uh, Reggie, man, this, this week, man, what you been bumping? I've kind of been all over the place as usual, um, but I said um, I've been listening to pretty much everything that came out new. So uh, that was that Tyler, the creator, call me if you get lost. Um, I like Tyler, so um, I can go in depth about what I dislike about it, but I like Tyler. Uh, it's a dope album. Um, I listened to 25, which is G Herbo new album. I like his maturity on it. I've been listening to Lloyd Banks too, though. The Course of the Inevitable. Oh, how'd you um, like that? Man, like, so, so I, I'm frustrated is what I am because I feel like I missed so much of what he could have been because of his years with Gio. Mm. Like, this dude, his lane is kind of the lane of like all of the Rock Marciano, the 38 Spash, the, 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 the uh, Griselda. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Griselda just made this lane for everybody to kind of shine now all of a sudden, but 
it seemed like he was already there. It just because of the machine that he had behind him, like they was pushing him in another direction, and you was just getting trash out of him. Mediocre. Yeah. So when you hear this album, man, it's just like you just you almost feel sorry. Like dude, he could have been hot. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's but, a good um, album. It's a, it's a dope album. And um, oh, I listen to Culture Three. Um, because I don't think I've been on it for a while. So Culture 3, I actually, it's actually dope for Amigos out. So um, I'll leave it at that. It's dope for Amigos out. And um, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They, they was given the mumble rap title for years, but like, listen to this, like I actually understood what they were talking about. I understood what they were saying. I, I think the beats was well, the beats were very well selected. Um, so it was a it was a good album, and then uh, Hall of Fame by Polo G, that was dope. And then I listened to this one R and B album called Cycles um, by Tierra Amani. It was it was cool. Um, it's it's just the EP. It's only five tracks. The album cover caught my my eye. I'm not gonna lie to you, but the music was decent. Okay, okay. I had to check this out. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, I'm checking it out as we speak. What, what circles was the name? Type you make me check. <laughs> and her name is what? Uh, T I A R A, Amani. I M A N I. Okay, I heard that. Oh, okay. I have seen this. I have seen this. Yep. Okay, you said it's decent, huh? Yeah, like I said, I didn't know nothing about her. Um, the album cover is what what drew me to it. I said, let me. So this this is worth a lesson. <laughs> What's good? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right, Vince, man, what you been bumping? Well, next week when you ask me that, we'll be this Tierra uh, Cycles album. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was I listened to that her album. Uh, man, everyone needs to listen that that is something that needs to be heard that album is just beautiful and her dark you know her her sad sounding kind of way is beautiful man um so I, was, I listened to that uh i heard the culture three and it's I, I have nothing else to add to what reggie said about it that's the only thing of significance i can add it's like a lot of repeat stuff that I was listening to because I was getting into a writer's mindset so yeah I was listening to some old Buster old locks just it's just a playlist of stuff you know of old some of the older things some old Jay-Z like no particular album just like Jay-Z stuff uh old Lupe just to like pique my writer's mind interest so I could you know put some stuff down on paper but yeah, that, that that her album, everybody needs to hear that. Okay, I've been hearing good stuff about it. Um, Dave, man, what you been bumping? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> actually, Reggie did put me on to the uh, to 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 that Tyler album, the the Flower Boy. So I've been <laughs> since then. I kind of been keeping up with his music, but I thought Ego was dope. I really like his new one too. That been getting uh, that been getting a lot of spins. Call me if you get lost. Um, I feel like I feel like Tyler's kind of he's kind of he's got like a, a lane he created, man, and he 
he's doing his thing, man. I, 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 I always like hearing some of the creativity of what he's doing because it's always different. Like he's ne- he never stuck in a box. And I think yeah, that's, I, like that, I think man. I think that's dope for hip hop, man. Um, he, he's a true original. I, I yeah. Get it. He I forgot was it the BET Awards when he performed? I think it was Lumberjack. Yeah, yeah. But that was a that was a dope performance, man. It was like stuff was blowing away when he was rapping. It was it, it was dope. It was unique, man. Like if you if if Kanye was still a rapper, like I imagine him doing stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, besides that, um, I've been trying to kind of place. Like none of my kids really like music, so I'm trying to like play different stuff to see what they vibe with. Um, so this this week was kind of like a um, '80s '80s vibes. So you got Brothers Johnson, Ohio's player, uh, Ohio players, uh, Four Tops. I think they was later, but whatever. Isley Brothers, Cool in the Gang, that kind of stuff going in the house. But other than that, that's it. Nice, nice. Got to get them exposed. What kind of what kind of response did you get? Uh. Indifferent. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can't. Like I, I you know, what, I, I play. Yeah, like whatever, I, Dad. Some of the newer right. stuff they, some of the newer stuff they rock with, or like if we, if it's all, it kind of, it, it's a lot of it is based on our responses. Cause so like my in laws are up here, and my mother in law, she was digging it, so I could see them kind of vibing with, you know, cause she singing and dancing, so they getting involved with it. Right, but other than that, like they they'll play songs like Travis Scott because that was on Fortnite or some of the other songs that was on game like the the baby. Some of his stuff be on their game, so they'll hear stuff on YouTube and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I know that song. But other than okay. that, other than that, man, it ain't thing. So they don't care. <laughs> All right, Jamil, man, this week what you been listening to or bumping? Uh, I too, I was bumping to Tyler and. Um, that's actually the first time I've ever sought out one of his albums. I don't know what made me do it, but I was, I won't say surprised, um, but I enjoyed it. Like, it was it was dope, and I don't usually do Our Future, but um, this, was a, this was a great project. Uh, let's see, what else? I'm bumping this week. Um, bumping that Raphael City Grey Ray. It was the summertime, so you gotta play that. It's playing... Kanye, Dark Twisted Fantasy, Nas, Life is Good, and I feel like there was one more from this week, and I can't remember what, so I gotta look it up. Oh no, that wasn't a full album, that was just a playlist. Yeah, that, that's about it. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. Um, I've been bumping myself, I've been bumping the new evidence, uh, Unlearning, Volume 1, a dope, dope album. Uh, evidence man he continues to impress me like I I would have never thought out of all the, the, the three people in Dilated Peoples he would have been the breakout talent out of the group alright <laughs> but this he's delivered us four very consistently dope albums and my, my complaint with Evidence's albums in the past has always been in too long this one is just the right move 14 tracks he gets in he gets out says what he needs to say and I was impressed, man. I, I really, really like this album. I've also been bumping Red Man, Muddy Waters, and Dudley Perkins, A Little Light. Um, you wouldn't know any better. You'd probably say this was a smoked out week for me, but um, huh. <laughs> uh, that's what I've been bumping, man. I've, I've been meaning to get around to the Tyler. 
just haven't gotten around to it yet, but I will. I will. Um, but yeah, man, that's the show, man. Real quick, Jamil, man, you got any album anniversaries for us? Absolutely. You had a good week this week. Um, if y'all listen to the last episode, these first ones are going to be repeats, but I didn't know how long we were going to be on hiatus, so, but I'll bring them up now. Um, so celebrating 10 years this week, Section 80 by Kendrick Lamar. Whoa. Right. Wow. Right. And uh, also Armor of God by Vakil. That was 10 or 20? 10 years. 10 years. Oh, oh wow. no, it was released. Oh, no, okay. I think okay. it was. No, I think it was ten years on the original. Okay. All um, right. Then twenty-five years. That's where the repeat came in. So the one that you guys have probably been hearing people talk about over the weekend was Nas. It was written, uh, but also stakes is high and final tick. Uh, mm-hmm. Stakes is high, obviously by De La Soul. Final tick by Crucial Conflict. All celebrating twenty-five years this year. Dope. And then uh, celebrating 30 years, Peaceful Journey by Heavy D and the Boys. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> and The Ruler is Back by Slick Rick. Dope. Dope. And to add to that, um, I guess to celebrate the 30-year anniversary of that album, Puma actually just put out like a Slick Rick I don't know if it's a collection or a collab or how you would really say it, but they, they just put out a, a like a line that kind of look like uh, like valleys, but it's a it's a sneaker. It's all in purple, and so you can probably find the ad too. Yeah, check that out. So they got Rick doing the, um, you know, just kind of describing uh, royalty and the shoe itself, just kind of in, in concert with that 30 year anniversary. So it's pretty dope. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, that'll do it for the show. Uh, real quick before I wrap up, man, I want to send a, a shout out to uh, to Tony Baker, man, the comedian Tony Baker. He showed me some love in the YouTube comment section, man, which I oh, normally really? I normally stay out of, um, but he did a a two hour uh, over two hour interview with Mers a couple weeks back, and man, I couldn't click the play button quicker, man. Right. And I went to the comment section and I showed him love. I was like, oh, my favorite comedian interviewing my favorite rapper, you know, the fire emojis. And he, he loved the uh, the post. Uh, the comment. So, yeah, yeah. It was real, real recognized, real, man. So shout out to Tony Baker for showing me some love and uh, props to him for doing that interview, too. It was a really dope interview. But yeah, man, that will wrap up our season 11 premiere. Uh, this was a great show and we'll be back next week with some more topics, another album face-off, the whole nine. Can't wait to get into season 11. And I want to thank you gentlemen for hopping on the show and sharing your commentary as always. And with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace, peace, peace. White people go around. It seems to me they very carefully suppress terror of black people. Tremendous uneasiness. They don't know know what the black face hides. They're sure it's hiding something. What is hiding is American history. You know, what, 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 it, what it's hiding is what white people know they have done and are doing. You know, it's what you know, white people know very well. One thing, it's the only thing they have. They know this, everything else I say is a lie. They know they would not like to be black here. They know that. Now they know that, and they're telling me lies. 
telling me and my children are nothing but lies. You know, because you can get to a place where you know where battles are often. That's all you. That's all you can do. Beating so hard. All you can do is, is your world narrows to a, a kind of red circle of rage, and you begin to hate everybody, which means you hate yourself. And when that happens, it's over for you. I don't mean it to you personally. I don't even know you. No. I got nothing against you. I don't know you personally. But I know you historically. You can't have it both ways. You can't swear the freedom of all mankind and put me in chains. The American sense of reality is dictated by what Americans are trying to avoid. And if you're trying to avoid reality, how can you face it? But I try my best to um, head in. Psalm says, wake the children sleeping. Like a sawed-off bet You feel the horror of the slaughter Then your heart off wreck I'm breaking all your necks And half flex Know the mathematic formulas of fury Hey, let's go the path Of the pterodome zone Dweller never gon' go Nigga better phone home Tell a melophone Goonstone Head up on the pedestal 
all the medical attention Couldn't ever make it better from the metaphor engine Now get up out the kitchen Boy, you burn with addiction With your head up in the stitches Then you learn with conviction I'm addicted to inflicting you with your self-doubt Sticking the key to the ignition And I blow meltdown Facilities be little MCs We killing them, squeeze the mental trigger When I enter spitting venom with ease Bring it MCs are in Mentally, I'm my brain coming down the chimney, slipping gifts up in your stockings. I came to win, I just to play because I got game. Niggas playing hard and can't identify with my pain. Cleaning hemoglobin off your sweater after I stain. Fit condition lyricism like Jack LaLanne. My main point is just to show you I'm the joint. Rappers never captivate, I'd rather hear a big oink. Then point precision, impairing your vision. A lyrical wizard, cold microphone magician. Pull a rabbit out of hat and send it back to his habitat. You're buried in the pages of my rhyme flow. Avalanche, put the smack down on your candy ass critics, the extravagant battle cat, total in your Cadillac. Matter of factly, lack of lichens in your factory. Fatter rap beat, busting pus out your acne. Plan the wax scheme to attack me. Shatter that dream at a rapid ass speed. Black, bring it back. MCs are in. Season end.